is Kiki Rai, and you're listening to For the... Listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or even game design. Joining Roger from Wow Dogs, and for the lore is Joe, writer for World of Maticus, and Enrique of Spooncraft. Hello and welcome to Ford Lord. This is Roger coming to you on Monday, the 19th of July. We are sans Joe tonight because he had some issues that he had to take care of. But of course, we've got Vince, the, the one that I can rely on. Not that he's my chosen one, but at least you're here all the time. So welcome back to the show, Vince. <laughs> I don't need you, but at you, least you're around. You're here. God damn it. <laughs> we, we couldn't get rid of you if we wanted to. I guess that's a quality. <laughs> So, <laughs> you still playing uh, Dragon Quest, by the way? Uh, yeah, I've, I'm progressing. You know, slow, it, slow and steady. I'm not really rushing through this one. It's actually getting some decent reviews, I've noticed. Yeah, it, it said it's not, you know, it's not an over-the-top game. It doesn't have a crazy plot. doesn't have mind-blowing graphics, but it's just fun as hell. Huh. See, I actually picked up um, Alan Wake and Red Dead Redemption. Finally. I know it's taken too long, but uh, I actually got, uh, there was a, a coupon in a little magazine that we get here that uh, you buy one used game and you get the other one for 10 bucks. So I wound up getting them both for what would amount to about 33, 34 bucks. So it was like, fuck, I jumped on it. And I haven't had a chance to jump into Red Dead Redemption yet, but I did jump into um, Alan Wake. And uh, and yes, it is creepy as shit. It's like even just the little beginning, like we didn't play too, too long. We played for maybe a, a little over an hour. And um, and yeah, it's creepy as hell right from the get-go. It's well done, though. <laughs> Although the, the one thing that you notice right away is that freaking hinged jaw when they're talking. Oh. And it, it looks like they're old school marionettes you know with the 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 wooden jaw but uh which really when you're looking at how much money they pumped into the graphics for this game when you're looking at the cinematic scenes where you've like the water all around and it just looks incredible did they really have to cut that much money out of the budget for the mouth just to get that right it's not just the mouth like the the character motions as a whole like i said in my review it's like it's like animatronics it's like the old disney you know, machines that you get at Disneyland from 1960. Yeah, it's it's too bad because, again, right from the get-go, too, and it might have some, well, it would have something to do with the fact that it is a story about writers. It's very well written. The dialogue is great. The dialogue is very good. And the story so far, and from what I know of it, of course, having read all the reviews now, is, is good. It's solid. So it's something that's enjoyable. It looks phenomenal it's sad that something like you know that nobody was looking at the work that was being done as it was being done and said okay more works needs to be done on people's faces okay look at that 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 shit don't look right fix it now because it snaps you out immediately 
if I'm not mistaken, I think it's either this week or next week, the first downloadable episode comes out, which I get for free because I bought it new. And I remember them saying like it right after the game came out, they're like, yeah, the animations are terrible. That's something that we're going to work on. And they said that it's going to be improved in the downloadable. So I'm anxious to see just how improved it is. Yeah. Yeah, I am. uh, I'll obviously I'll have to buy it, though. But um, it is something that I'm I'm actually playing it with my youngest and so he's old enough that he can he's really enjoying it as well and we're taking turns kind of thing so it and when we make sure that we're playing it in the evening when it's dark because it's not the same if you're going to play it in the afternoon when it's night nice and bright everywhere you're, you're taking away from how the game is meant to be played and it does make a difference when you start hearing crap all around you because we've got a surround system and um and when it is dark and that flashlight does mean a lot and it's 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 a very cool mechanic that they've done too again with the the, the how how much you rely on a flashlight versus your gun it's that that thing's going to save your ass it's very important yeah it's yeah it's it's just so unique yeah i am looking forward to getting into red dead redemption that's i haven't had a chance to to bounce into that one but i i can't wait to get into it especially with the 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 dlc that's coming out for that one um they actually did a stop motion for the afk for red dead redemption now there's i'm actually playing the video for people in the audience right now so that they can check it out um and they did this video it's on eurogamer.net but when you go afk you get these amazing cinematics of the scenery in the game just to highlight how beautiful this game is did you actually get a chance to watch this yeah it's kind of ridiculous like hey this is how (laughs) awesome the game is when you're not doing anything (laughs) (laughs) but it is a game too especially with the dlc that's coming out and everything i can see them opening it up and keeping it as an existing world for quite a while that we'll be able to to, to play in at various points and, and i mean a, a setup like this they can toss in quests wherever they want they can hell they can toss in towns they can do whatever they want but the framework's there so i'm really hoping especially having just bought it that they're really going to go out of their way to build on the ip so that they can use the framework for quite a while yeah, unfortunately, now this means other companies are going to look at Red Dead and the huge success it is and go, oh, that means everybody wants to play cowboy games now. <laughs> Thinking that it's only the setting that that's making it successful. It's going to be hilarious seeing all the crappy cowboy games coming out in a year or two. Well, it's possible. You know what? If they do it right, I don't mind that setting at all. I've always liked old Westerns. So frankly, I would be all for it. Um, now, the other one that came out as well recently is Death Spank. Now, you actually picked it up on the 360, correct? Yes, Death Bank, Vanquisher of Evil, Defender of the Downtrodden. <laughs> I I haven't bought it yet, but I'm buying it this week. But what I was doing is I downloaded the demos for both the 360 and the PS3 to see whether which one I I found looked better. Um, I'd read that there was some tearing for the PS3, but I did not see any of that. In all honesty, I thought that the PS3 version looked better but i'm going to be messing around with both of them to see which one i'll be picking up because the 360 one has achievements the the ps3 doesn't have trophies which pisses me off (laughs) yeah like everybody was talking about it all weekend so i'm like okay fine i'll I'll download the demo i downloaded it like four o'clock sunday afternoon i was like okay let me check it out i'm playing through the demo i bought the thing in like five minutes because i had unlocked a freaking pet for my xbox avatar i'm like oh i gotta buy the game (laughs) i want the stupid dragon 
And it is actually, it's a fun game. Granted, again, I only played through the demos um, uh, on on both consoles, but I I want to play more. I actually, it's a game that is, if you enjoy that style of game, you you actually want to go and talk to all the quest givers just to hear what kind of crazy ass shit they're going to come out with. You actually want to explore to see how bizarre and funny and fun the 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 game world is. Yeah, it's, it's just so much insanity nestled all over the place i mean you have you have the quest where you need demon poop so you, you bash them over there with the hammer until they crap and then you pick it up <laughs> I mean, just the quest givers are all over you have, you have a taco lady that you have to go deal with you have to order a taco from her yeah and i i read a lot of people were bitching about the co-op play as well if you're playing with somebody in couch mode, the second player is really not going to have a lot of fun. And I beg to differ. Yes, it's a much simpler playthrough if you are the secondary player. Player, but I mean that's what it's supposed to be. No, you're not picking up stuff. You're not. You're not able to loot. You're not able to do different things and whatnot. But again, you're not supposed to. You're just helping. And when I played, I played with my youngest. And what we did is when we played it through on the 360, I was playing it. My youngest was doing the secondary character, and vice versa on the the ps3 and i actually had a blast being the secondary player no i wasn't picking up crap and all that and part of it is as well that healing mentality that i like being the healer kind of thing it's kind of fun being the healer in this game it's nothing fancy by any means but you can both cause damage as your wizard or you can actually be healing your buddy as well and i actually really i it's a game that I can see myself playing with my son right through as a secondary player and still having a lot of fun because you're still reading the quests that are coming up. You're still taking part in it. You're just not, you know, looting and doing specific things. So I actually had no problems with it. I thought it was fantastic. It's like the people who reviewed the game didn't quite grasp the concept of it's co-op and it's only local, right? Is there any online co-op? No, it's only local. Right. So you're sitting there next to the person on the couch you can trade controllers. You don't have to play the wizard the entire time. And that just seems like something that they they completely overlooked. Like, it's a way to get more than one person playing the game. No matter how you do that, that's not a bad thing. Well, the other thing, too, is that, again, you, you hit the, the nail on the head there. You are on the same couch. You're sitting down and you're playing together. You're reading the same stuff as it's coming out. Who cares if you were the one to click the quest giver to get the quest or if it's your buddy? You're both going to read it. And they did it well in terms of you know you as the wizard the secondary player you're not going to stray too far from your the main guy because the main guy is that's the story is about them so if you are walking too far behind it puts you it'll drag you ahead kind of thing but you can also just press uh, a trigger button and be teleported right beside them so it allows you to kind of wander off and do your own stuff and then just bloop and you're right beside them I actually thought that it was really, the co-op was well done. I thought it was well designed. I thought it was a blast to play. Plus, it it was set, it set up in such a way, because you can do um, fire damage, plus you can do healing. What I was getting my son to do is just bring all the mobs to me, and I was just spinning in a circle with the fire at the same time, because <laughs> you don't have like a mana bar or anything. So just activate the spell and go hog wild, and then you're doing DPS to everybody around him, and then as he needs a heal, poop, pop a heal. So again, I thought it was lighthearted fun. And who cares if you can pick up stuff or not? You're, again, on the same couch having fun. 
You see, yeah, that that's that's it exactly. It, yeah, as fun as the gameplay is, I mean, it's nothing revolutionary. It's nothing amazing. You're not going to tell everybody how great the gameplay was in Death's Bank. It's you're going to tell everybody how great the experience was in Death's Bank. And like I said, no matter which character you're playing, you, it's the same experience. So you're playing the same fun game. Yeah, no, I I can't wait to actually pick it up. I held off just because I bought those other two games, but I'm going to be picking up this week so that I can uh, play it with my youngest because he's dying to play as well. Um, other news we got as well was a whole bunch of Cataclysm news, which I was hoping that we'd have Joe Round to to tell us because he's been playing the beta. But unfortunately, like I said, he's not here. Um, but we're still going to cover some of it anyways. There's the biggest one was the those damn thirty one talents <laughs> trees. Um, <laughs> I don't know what your take is on this. Now, the, the the talent trees aren't finished yet. They keep saying that over and over again, which is something that we read in the Twitter chat as well, that they're not done yet, so don't get too excited kind of thing. However, I don't know how you feel about that core mechanic that they're now changing so incredibly that it, it, it barely resembles what it was before. Like, what are your thoughts on it? Well... Well, just the talent trees themselves, looking at the the two classes, I like to play the best, my Enhancement Shaman and my Affliction Warlock. The Shaman looks pretty darn close to complete. It's got a lot of great stuff in there. And the Warlock is just a clusterfuck. I mean, it is such a mess. I had to take all the crowd control. I had to basically take put points into every single thing in the first three tiers just because there was nowhere else to put the points. And it was missing what I consider core talents. So the trees themselves, yeah, they're definitely a work in progress because if that's the way Warlock looks, uh, (laughs) no, thank you. Uh, My lifelong Warlock will be retired. But um, it the thing that kind of bugs me about it is when they first introduced the whole mastery and new talent systems, they said they wanted to give players options again. You know, they, they wanted you to really think of, oh, OK, do I want to put my points in this skill or do I want to put my points in that skill? Do I want more crowd control or do I want more survivability? And you look at these trees and there's no choice whatsoever. There's, you look around the Internet and all the builds people are coming up with, they're all the same goddamn builds. It's the game right now. They might as well call it, you know, the new expansion cookie cutter, fuck cataclysm, because everything is identical right now. Which is what I was saying before we started even seeing more of the trees. What I was saying is that, again, they've had a problem for years trying to balance the PvP and the PvE with the talents and everything else. And they've screwed classes over time after time and different talents and everything else. Well, this is their way to basically shave all of the excess fat off of that. And they're trying to make it seem as if they're innovating something. It's great. It's going to be a new... It's not new. You're not giving us anything new you're taking away and you're taking away a hell of a lot and a lot of the stuff that they're saying yeah but it's barely used by players or it's very situational or whatever what it did is it allowed us to have characters that we felt despite the fact that so many people play as cookie cutter builds i mean that's just a fact of life especially once you get to 80 and there are specific leveling specs that people will say are the best but the people who've played for quite a while who like to experiment like to have fun do actually play a variety of different builds and try out different things for the hell of it now there's no point what is the point you're you're going to put the points where it makes complete sense because the other won't and everybody's going to be the same tack on top of that the fact that you're not going to be able to put points into other trees until way later on 
everybody's going to be the same as they level. No more, you know, clusterfuck of builds that you see sometimes now just for people having fun. It's going to be if the person's an enhancement shaman, they're an enhancement shaman. That's just the way it is. Same with every other build and tree. So they've locked it down so that until you get to a higher level and then you can still play around at least a little at that point, until then, everybody's the same. It's it's just going to be the same. Yeah, like... I, I really liked the concept of it. I like the fact that when I hit level 10 on my new dwarf shaman, I'm going to have dual wield. I'm going to have lava lash. You know, I'm not going to be sitting there with basically playing an elemental shaman with a big hammer. It, it, I like the concept of you're going to feel like your class before level 40 or 50 or 60, but the execution is just so lacking at this point. It's it's a little disappointing. I'm I again and no I'm not in the beta so I'm not messing around to see it but just again having played the damn game this long and looking at what they're suggesting and what's there I'm I'm not impressed yes it's going to open up different things like say your 10 to 19 bracket for Warsong Gulch now is going to be very interesting because <laughs> there's going to be some kick-ass abilities that weren't there before. So maybe rogues won't rule it with an iron fist like they always have. But that being said, that's a very small percentage in terms of, again, being able to play and to change your spec as to what you want. You're going to be so locked down now in terms of what you can be. It's going to be unbelievable. And uh, Omiji Sam is saying in the audience that the only, like, that's pretty much what's going on now. It's not, though. In a lot of cases, yes, it is. There are a lot of people who do play a certain spec when they're leveling, but not everybody. I've played crap loads of alts and i still mess around sometimes i'll ask okay what's the best build for this and i'll try it out but i mess around with the build a lot and and some of it is to learn those abilities some of it is to learn to play the class the the class in a variety of different ways but some of it is just to have fun when you're playing a game that you've been playing you know since 2000 freaking four whatever you can do to shake it up a little bit just to have fun who cares if you're the best at this point i'm long past wanting to be the best i i just want to play and have fun that's going to be taken away and i, I find that fairly disappointing all right, let's move on to the Twitter chat that uh, that they had. This was on the 16th, and um, there was some interesting information that came through on it. And we'll touch on a couple of things here and see what you think. Um, one of the things that I was impressed with, well, there was a couple here. We'll go through my list, and then you can talk about whatever you want as well. Um, the fact that they're considering account-wide achievements, I think is awesome, because quite frankly, there's some things you should not have to do on every tune. I, I quite liked when they talked about that with Guild Wars 2, that they're making account-wide uh, achievements so that you don't have to do it on every character. I think that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Nobody wants to grind freaking Temper Maw reputation more than once. Oh, tell <laughs> you know, me about like it. that. Yeah, oh, yeah. And there's a lot of those. Uh, let's be honest. A lot of those achievements, you're grinding rep for a bloody long time. So if you can just have it once and there it is, oh, that'd be fantastic. Now, this they're not saying it's in there, but it's something that they quote unquote definitely want to do. So let's hope for the best here. Um, what else were they talking about? They were talking about class specific quests for Cataclysm, but the impression that I'm getting is there's not going to be a lot just because they're saying the cost of doing it, which I think is complete and utter bullshit. But I mean, that's just me. Yes, I can appreciate that it costs more to do something like that. But again, those are the things that people really enjoyed being able to do. Not everybody. Some people skipped over them. But the people who loved that as a druid, you had these specific quests that were 
only you same with the warlock and things like that i've always been disappointed that they've taken those away or made them so that you really didn't have to care about them anymore yeah that's the one thing like you said I, about that i loved le- uh, leveling my warlock every 10 levels i had something new and awesome to do that nobody else could do but i can also kind of understand it because said so they're not just doing an expansion's worth of quests they're doing an expansion expansion's worth of quests and the previous you know, vanilla game worth of quests. So I can understand that, you know, it's probably one of those things that was on their drawing board and they just went, oh, okay, you know, we'll get to this if we can. And they're not going to get to it. Oh yeah. And they're not going to be getting to guild housing as well. They've pretty much made it pretty clear that, and it's the same thing as why there are no auction houses in Outlands or Northrend. They want you going to Azeroth to do whatever it is that you're going to be doing that's going to be making you money. Um, They don't like the idea of ghost towns and they feel that guild housing is going to create ghost towns if they incorporate too many things that you'd otherwise do at the auction house or or bank or whatever. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about that? I'm kind of split because in other games I've played, guild housing is awesome. I mean, like Joe has said many times, City of Heroes certainly did it right. But I do hate how it is now with with the addition of, you know, flying everywhere, especially when you're going to be able to fly in the old world. Like we discussed a few episodes back with Brigwin, the game world just feels more empty now. And I don't want them to put anything into the game that would further empty out the game world, at least uh, the perception of it. See, I actually disagree. And and part of that is that if they're if they can put enough in the old world to get the players there, which is what they're doing now, the players will go. So it doesn't really matter. I think it's a it's an argument that says it's a lazy argument. We created this content, you know, how many ever years ago? Now, granted, yes, now it's being remodeled and whatnot. But and we want to make sure that people are using it. Okay, fine. But you know what? If you keep adding content to it, then the people will keep going. But if you don't, you're just relying on we will restrict other potential things just to force you to go there. I, I don't agree with that game model. I don't think that's that's right. I think you want to keep your game innovative. I want, you want to keep adding to it, making it so that people are, you know, it's, it's ever moving and not just force them to be in the same spot all the time. I think the guild housing done properly would be awesome. I mean, if they made it in such a way that your guild housing was... Let's just pick Ironforge for just for this example, okay? Let's make it so that your guild housing is a, a you know, a, a, an apartment or whatever the fuck those things are, right, say, by the auction house or whatever, and that it's phased so that if you go in, you're going into your guild housing, not everybody else. And then all you got to do is step outside and there's the bank, there's the auction house, you know? So, and then in the guild housing, they can put achievements, trophies, different things that the guild has done. Uh, you've got an Anixia's head. Here's, you know, a, a, a small mounted Anixia's head on your wall that you can display for people. Uh, a place where you can have your your meetings with your officers. A, a whole bunch of different, different things. I think that it could be something that's very cool, but I think they're not thinking outside of the box. Yeah, I, I got to say you're right there. I mean, like, like we said, okay, you know, there's not that many people in the game. Well, how many people are just standing around Dalaran with their thumbs up their asses? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not like they're participating in the game world as it is. So I I'm starting to see your side of the the argument here. You take all those people out of Dalaran and shove them into a hole somewhere. 
really the game isn't that much more empty than it is now. So that is a good point. Let's just do follow through a little bit more. And how about we give everybody a, you know, a, a, a port that's on a 15 minute cooldown or whatever to the Gill house. And so now, regardless of where they are, they can easily get to their guild house where they can chat it up with whoever's there or walk out the door and then go to either the inn or, or sorry, not the inn, but the um, the bank or the, the auction house. So they've already made it. They keep dropping that hearth. It really doesn't matter anymore. At this point here, just get rid of the cooldown on the hearth nobody gives a rat's ass anymore anyways and so then tack on this where you can just port to your guild house directly like you can in guild wars and then from there you can branch off and go into the city would you be more apt to go into the city if you had your port to your guild housing where you can choose which city you want it to be in the the guild leader can and then you also have your hearth that takes you to dalaran or wherever well then you're you're you can quite easily just be going to the old world in one step boom you're there i think it would actually make people want to be there well what I would like to see Blizzard do is instead of trying to come up with more ways to get people to spend more times in the cities, how about you come up with more ways to get people to spend time actually out in the world? Because I don't know about you, but when I'm playing the game, I'm hardly ever in the city. I stop by, I train my skills, I throw some stuff on auction and I get the hell out. I, I want to be out in the world and I want to share that world with the other players, which you, you quite frankly, I'm not right now. No, yeah. no, especially with the dungeon finder, you're not going to. That's... I mean, they even mentioned that during this Twitter chat as well, where people are using Dungeon Finder to to level. Well, you put it there, a lot less people are going to be out in the world. Um, OMG Sem is mentioning that her thing in Dalaran and then using the portals. Yes, I agree. That's what I do all the time. But all I'm saying is that if they're using the argument that nobody's going to be going to the old world, if you're, they can access everything from the guild housing, I think that's a moot point. So all they'd have to do is create that phased apartment quote-unquote whatever you want to call it right beside the inn that anybody can go in so anyways let's move away from the guild housing though and let's move on to some other things um as you mentioned dual spec is coming way earlier and way cheaper as well which kind of pisses me off because i spent a ton of money on that shit um also a lot of your glyphs are going to be useless because they're doing such sweeping changes to glyphs right now again spent a crap load of money that's gone um i don't know that you, you obviously you like that being able to do spec quite early and cheap who wouldn't like that yeah um but to go back to the, the glyphs real quick that's really the one thing that i was noticing the most uh first of all they changed what they're calling them because yeah. apparently major minor and medium <laughs> was too confusing so now we have prime major and minor so major is good but not the best but the the question that was posed to them is some of these talents that are missing from the trees are they going to be seen in glyphs and god i hope so because as an affliction warlock i can't live without fell concentration i drain tank if my drains are getting interrupted i'm Screwed. screwed so i really hope that if it doesn't reappear in the talent tree miraculously i can at least get uh you know a medium slash major whatever the hell you want to call it glyph for drain life that'll uh reduce the pushback on it because if that's not there i i don't even know how the hell to <laughs> to level my warlock anymore 
Yeah, they're they're saying a lot of that is going to be changing too. Nothing is set in stone yet. But what they were also saying with that is that it doesn't sound like it's going to be very many of the abilities that are going to be put back in as major glyphs. The way they were saying is that if they're taking it out, it's because it doesn't work. So it doesn't sound like there's going to be very many of them that will be added. And I, I don't even like the glyph system as it is now. I don't want a different one. Like I said, half, yeah, a lot of the glyphs right now are worthless. Why do we need more of them? All right. Uh, what else we got here? We had the asking if druids were finally going to be having their ship shifting on a separate cooldown, which they made very clear. No, that is not going to happen. It's going to stay on there. One of the main reasons being that you can use um, your shapeshift to get rid of root and polymorph effects. Uh, what else do we see? A huge redesigning of the paladin tree. So they were given some of the information in regards to holy power. Do you actually pay, play a paladin at all? I have, and I possibly will again. And yeah, I got to say, Holy Power is a very interesting mechanic because as someone who's played at least Protection and Retribution, they're freaking boring. You're on autopilot the whole time, just hitting your buttons in order. Even as even as a tank, you're pretty much just hitting your rotation over and over again with the occasional, oh, crap, something's running away. Let me grab that. So the addition of an entire mechanic, especially for Retribution, because Retribution has got to be the most boring freaking DPS to play in your life. So that seems to be where a lot of the holy powers aim towards is Retribution. And so I, I think it's pretty cool that we're, we're seeing a lot of new mechanics with the classes. We're seeing the holy power for the paladins. We're seeing the uh, the eclipse for the balanced oh. druids. <laughs> we're seeing the overhaul with hunters with their focus. So and even the, the, the soul shards for the warlocks. So yeah. anything that they can do to mix up the gameplay, especially on a stagnant class like paladin, I'm all for. Yeah, I see. Highest I've gotten a paladin was mid 30s. I never did get him past that point. Um I, I was actually having fun with my protection paladin, but it is one of those classes that, yeah, no, they are in need of something cool about the class, something that's mm-hmm. unique to the class that makes it cool and fun. Um, not that they don't, they, they aren't powerful enough later on, that's for damn sure, but that leveling process, I, I, I've never hidden the fact that druids are my favorite class, period. A lot of people don't feel that way and feel it's a pain in the ass to level a druid. I would level a handful of druids before I would level a paladin to 80. It's just yeah. I've always found them to be a, a boring class to level. Yeah, every class has its own, you know, trick to level it, at least to the point where it becomes fun. There is no good way to level a paladin prior to level 40. You just can't do it. You're either sitting there on auto attack as a retribution or on auto attack as a protection. There's nothing to do with that class before level 40. So the addition of new mechanic. Yeah, bring it, please. All right. Um, Anything else you want to talk about here on the uh, Twitter Uh, No, you pretty much uh, nailed everything I was looking at. Okay, let's go on to the most interesting stuff that I want to talk about this podcast, though, though. Dun, dun, dun. The Ranger class for Guild Wars 2. Dude! Sharks! <laughs> you can tame a freaking shark. Now, if they can make it so that there's, like, those little mini games that they're talking about, if you can win a laser that you can somehow then attach to your pet, you would have a shark with a freaking laser on it. That would rule. Make it so arena net. Yeah, it's not too much to ask for. It, it really isn't. I mean, they've got those little Asari dudes there that make all kinds of crystal stuff. They can make something that's very similar to a laser that you can tack on. 
I think it's 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 definitely in the realm of possible and would fit fit into the lore, and it would be a nice little pop culture reference. I was really really impressed with the ranger class now again i played through all of the classes in guild wars one and then i kind of settled into a warrior monk combo class that i really had a lot of fun with i played the ranger class a lot but there's certain aspects of it that i wasn't as crazy about it really seems like they're fixing a lot of that and making the ranger class very powerful and just a metric fuck ton of fun. Like I, I don't know. What's your thoughts? Uh, I, I love pet classes. That's why when I first started Warcraft, my first two classes were hunter and warlock. I, I almost stopped playing my hunter at level five because I learned that I didn't get my pet yet, and I saw all the warlocks running around with their freaking imps. <laughs> so, and yeah, the the ranger in Guild Wars one, the the pet was almost an afterthought really they were the ranged class and okay you get a, you know this little thing over here whatever so seeing that the pet is becoming more of a focus on guild wars 2 i think it's freaking awesome well not just a focus like it, it is the focus not just a focus they answered more questions about the ranger class a little bit later on as well and um they were talking about the pet and how important the pet is and if you can level without the pet and whatnot and they were saying yes you can level without the pet however the ranger in guild wars 2 is going to be very heavily relying heavily on the pet it's 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 much more it's definitely the the quintessential pet class. You need that pet to actually level um, aggressively to do a good job. Like I, and that's what a pet class should be. I mean, if you're a hunter and you're taming, in case in point, wow, you're you're taming your pet. That pet should be extremely important to you. It should be something that, and that's how I feel. So to see that that's what they're doing here, I think that's pretty goddamn cool. And not only that, but the variety to the pets. They're talking about how there's the different types. There's the land pets. There's the amphibious pets. There's the aquatic pets. So you're going to have to have, you know, you're going to just like you have to set your skills before you leave town. You got to make sure you set your pets before you leave town to make sure you have the right ones available for a situation you may find yourself in. Exactly. You don't want to be fighting. You don't want to, you know, be going on a quest and all of a sudden have to dive into the water and you're stuck with a freaking boar, a gorilla and a hyena. Well, your ass out there. They can't swim underwater. So Well, they did say you are going to be able to switch pets as well. So you're going to have an ability to switch out your pets to whatever you need. However, and this is the thing that I'm disappointed about. There's only one thing about this class I'm disappointed about and that's the fact that they're allowing you three pets. It took wow, like going on 6 years to realize that hunting Hunters want a lot of pets, okay? The new system that they have is insane in WoW right now, where you can have like 25 pets. You can have 20 in your stable and then five at your beck and call. That's what hunters want. You want to be able to have a variety of pets for whatever action it is that you're doing, instance, whatever. And I think that limiting people to only three is it, it is really limiting. Now we don't know how many different um, animal types there will be that are actually tameable. I haven't read that yet. Um, I mean, they're talking about bears, moas, devourers, sharks, which kills me, um, and things like that. But they're not, and they're saying that you're going to be taming them when they are. You're going to see. Um, Infant ones. Is it infant or is it baby? I can't remember. No. Juvenile. Juvenile. Yeah. So you're going to be able to tame those as you see them, but they don't actually say 
just how many types of creatures you're going to be able to tame. I'm hoping it's quite a few. But again, that being said, I, I don't think three is enough. I think we need more than that. Well, the limitation to me kind of fits in with the Guild War style of, you know, you have, you know, a certain amount of skills that you can bring with you at a time, even though your spell book is larger, you have to choose which ones you want to use at the, you know, for that quest. They didn't, you're not limited to just three pets. I think they said the whole stable is like 12 or something. You just have to pick three active ones. Okay. Which did, see, I didn't falls, actually read that. Which, yeah. Which falls in line with, again, the Guild Wars philosophy of make sure you plan ahead. So, yeah, you can have three active ones that you can choose from at any one time, just like in Warcraft. Although they said it would have a cooldown that they're testing on. So, okay. yeah, like, like say, if you're running through the jungle, you know, you got your monkey with you and all of a sudden you have to jump into the water, you can switch to an alligator or something. So, yeah, that that is still an option in Guild Wars 2. Are you actually positive of that? Because what I'm reading here is that there's 12 different types of pets, but it doesn't say that you're going to have a stable of 12. Uh, let me pull that up. Real pull quick. it up. And while you're going, so yeah, you're going to look, you're looking at terrestrials such as spiders, amphibious, lizards, uh, aquatic sharks. And um, and I'm actually playing some of the videos here for the folks in the audience. Some of the stuff that's really cool, too, is that you're going to have spirits that you're going to be able to use as well. So case in point, you're going to have a horn that you can blow and you're going to have this pack of hawks come down to attack excuse me, whatever mob it is that you're attacking, which is awesome and makes it again seem like you're controlling more than just one creature. Yeah, you are correct. I, I did misread that. Okay, yeah. So anyways, arena net, you're listening, dudes? More than three. Three is not enough. Now, in terms of abilities, like every class that they're, they're, they're showcasing, we're really seeing how cool the abilities are. Now, pets notwithstanding, the freaking abilities from the ranger are awesome when you you get a torch that you can you can wield so there's a video here i'm actually going to play it again for the people who are uh watching live here so if we the sound goes berserk like it has been here it's because of the video when this ranger here drops the torch to light a circle around her and then backs up and starts shooting the volley through the circle of fire and the arrows light up oh my freaking lord <laughs> <laughs> did they also say you can summon like a fire spirit that can do that for you in addition to that i don't know i didn't read that that's even better but to me that's yeah. cool again that's where your 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 class has um a progression to their skills so that you don't always have to do the same thing that's something that you notice with a lot of mmos where you're just you have attack a and then you can do attack a or attack b or attack c or whatever but you're not really intermingling them and then we had ion which allowed you to do a which then leads to b or c and things like that but again it, it's very much uh, it'll come up on the screen saying choose what you want to do because you got your secondary skill that you can use this though is saying okay these can work with these in funky ways figure it out and it's up to you to actually do them so you're choosing to make the circle of fire you're choosing to back up and fire through it versus just a pop-up coming on your screen that is so freaking awesome this game is going to be ridiculous. Oh, man. And then we've got our Serpent Strike. So I'm going to play this for the folks who are watching here, which allows you to kind of jump in behind your dude. Oh, look at that. In the back and the guy's gone. And 
there's going to be a lot of that too. And what they were saying as well was that you can use, because there's certain abilities that are chain abilities, you don't have to though follow through on a specific chain. So let's say you got a chain of abilities A, chain of abilities B. Chain of abilities A at the second point rolls you backwards. All right. Now, the, 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 the third part of that chain hurls an axe, your, your melee weapon, at the mob. You can choose instead to follow through on the chain B, which at point two fires your bow at them because you've already rolled back. So you can intermingle these chain abilities and have this like all these different opportunities of how you want to play and not just hit a button on the screen. I think that's yeah. freaking awesome. Yeah, it almost plays like a fighting game, like Street Fighter or something, how, okay, you can knock the guy up into the air, but then from there you have these options. And yeah, you really have to be on your toes and you can choose how you want to progress based upon the situation, which is cool as hell. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to play the last one for the folks in the audience here where he's tossing his axe around to to show the, the level of AoE damage that the Ranger can do, too. We're seeing a lot of AoE damage from all of the classes so far, which leads me to believe, again, going with what they've said, wherein there's not going to be your trifecta of... Uh, healer, tank, and DPS, but rather everybody's a DPS, that when you're going to be going through instances, there's going to be a ton of AoE where everybody's blasting the crap out of everything to mow through. Well, that also means they can throw more enemies at you if they know everybody's going to have AoE. But does that mean that we're not going to be seeing enough tactics, enough con crowd control, and that it's just going to be a everybody just mow through everybody? Well, without a dedicated tank or a dedicated healer, that might be a little more difficult to pull off than it is in, say, Warcraft. Yep, true. Okay, uh, what else did we find out? We actually found out that they uh, they gave us a little bit more information in terms of the healing and the death mechanics that they'd been talking about. Really, I didn't see too much here that we couldn't have figured out on our own, but they were talking about how you're going to be, again, if there's nobody that's there to revive you after you've gotten your second win and you haven't downed a mob, then you're going back to your checkpoint. You're not going to be able to die and go to another checkpoint to bypass zones that you haven't discovered yet. Um, I still really like this mechanic. Everything that I've read here, nothing surprised me. I I still think it's a fantastic way to deal with death in the game. Uh, well, one thing that we could have surmised, but I didn't think of until they specifically phrased it was, you know, what if you're PVPing another character and, you know, you both yeah. knock each other out? Then you're both laying on the ground, feebly swinging your swords at each other, trying to <laughs> knock each other out. Or how at least the elementalist, if not other classes, will have at least a small scale ability to travel when they're down. They can turn into vapor and get the hell out of dodge. And so... That's pretty cool. Which makes sense, too. If you have some classes that aren't going to be as tough as, say, your, your warrior, it, it makes sense in terms of lore-wise, with, within a certain degree, that your big honking freaking tank isn't going to turn into this fainty wisp and go around and keep attacking the mob. They're, they're going to be fighting while they're on the ground to try to, to revive. So it, it made sense with that. Um, it would be nice to see something for the ranger as well, wherein they can, you know, whether it's transform into an animal for a short period of time to keep fighting or something cool like that. Um, 
the fact that they're doing a, a vapor mist kind of thing for the elementalists means that they're open to doing something that's just, again, point blank cool. Yeah, I think they're they've at least mentioned it for the elementalists because they're a fragile class. And if they're in a position where they're going to die, they kind of want you to be able to get out of that position and then be raised by your team. Yeah. Okay. before we leave Guild Wars, the only other news that I want to talk about is that they've already mentioned the second Guild Wars novel, which is going to be coming out in December, and that is The Edge of Destiny. Now, the first novel is going to be coming out actually on the 27th of this month, and I will definitely be picking up that sucker and reading it. I cannot wait to read it. I think that the lore in Guild Wars is very well done. It's very rich. It's very... Um, the political system is insane. They've done a good job. And this here where they talk about um, the, the writer um, a, as well as the creative writer for the game talk about the challenges of writing the novels versus for the game and how you have to really work. You really have to work hard at knowing every aspect of not just the characters and the races, but the civilization behind it. The fact that they're thinking that far ahead really makes me want to read these novels. Yeah, I don't I mean, know. I haven't, I haven't spent that much time with the lore or the novels, but hey, any anything they can do to expand upon the game world, bring it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, speaking of which, we are looking at getting some more comic books as well for Mass Effect. And what they're going to be doing is they're doing a, it's going to be four issues, I believe they said, and it's going to be on the evolution. It's it's called Evolution, and it's going to be on the Elusive Man. Now, what I'd read is they were talking that they, they, they want to give you a good history of the character so that you can appreciate how he came to be in Cerberus and everything like that, but they don't, they certainly don't want to give away too much there still has to be a lot of mystery with that character i actually feel that see i'm actually as much as i love this kind of stuff i kind of wish that they weren't doing this myself because it's he's the elusive man for a reason you shouldn't know that much about him it should be unanswered and so i i I don't know even just showing a little bit of what he was before i i actually am not crazy about that myself it can be pulled off if, you know, he goes kind of the, uh, let's say the anti-hero route where he does the right, you know, the wrong things for the right reason, stuff like that. It, they can pull it off and still have him remain the shady character. It's something we're just going to have to see. Yeah, I and, I, and obviously I'll be picking it up and I'll be reading it. It's just that it's funny, the moment I read about it, and I've read several things on it too where they were talking about it, I really feel quite strongly that the character should be as elusive as possible you should not know anything that they don't put into the game or that you figure it out on your own in the game because it that's the that's the beauty of that character that's how it was written yeah to go off rails for a second here uh in comic continuity as marvel the for years the most mysterious character was wolverine you knew he had this mysterious past, but you didn't know what the hell it was for decades. And then the dumbest thing Marvel ever did was tell his origin. And the character has just not been the same since then. Yeah, no, and it's true. It's it's funny because that's one of the first things that's said in Alan Wake. It's a quote from Stephen King saying that some of these nightmares, things like that, horror stories, you should not give away everything because there should be a large amount of unknown that's associated with it. And that's just the way it is. And that's how I feel about this. But anyways, 
it, it will be something that we'll read and we'll uh, we'll let you guys know what we think. Before we take a break, though, I wanted to talk quickly about what's going on right now with Allods on the line. <laughs> this is awesome because this is this proves our point when we're talking about in-game stores and the devil that they be because Allods right now has got the game set up in such a way that even though it is free to play because of the death penalties that screw you over you pretty much and actually if you check their forum post on this it's not pretty much you require specific in-game purchases of incense and different things to remove the curses that are applied to your armor after you get killed and so they're making their money that way and now they're actually defending it saying that that's no they're not changing it and that it's fine you don't need it but if you check the forum thread no you do need it and it sucks ass what I find hilarious and I haven't played Allods I haven't looked at Allods aside from the cute little cub things <laughs> is they had a crappy death mechanic in the game the first time around where every time you died you got weaker and you needed an a, a game store item to get rid of the weakness and it was like this is awful they're like okay okay we you're right it is awful we're gonna change it to a completely different system <laughs> that still requires a game store item it's like they 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 just they either are too stupid to get it or they're too greedy to get it. Oh, it's definitely <laughs> greed. The thing is, is then again, we can appreciate that it costs money to run these games. We can appreciate that it costs money to, to maintain them, to keep putting in quests, server costs for every month, blah, blah, blah. But if you're going to go the freemium route, then you've chosen to try to make your money off of items that aren't required now there's a there's a big difference between something that'll give you a boost to make it easier which joe would argue is required but i would argue is just going to give you a boost and something like this we're in you actually require those holy terms the incest the scrolls of purification you need those because when you die they screw you over with curses so they've really gone out of their way here to alienate the few people who are still playing this game well, let, let's be perfectly honest. It isn't required to play the game. It's only required if you want to have fun playing the game. <laughs> well, at this point here, it actually is not just about fun. Those curses make it so much harder to level and to progress in the game. You have to get rid of it. And then we have something like our friends over at Cryptic, who they're all about making friends now. Their C-Store their is... It makes me laugh because every time something comes out, I keep thinking, oh, guys, you had you were onto something. You really were onto something. And they keep screwing up. Now it's gotten to the point where if you are buying um, extra outfits or extra uh, costume slots or bridge officers, they're not applied to your account. They're applied to your character, which means that for every character, if you want this, you have to pay. Delete your character and you want to start fresh? Guess what? You got to pay again. Wow, that's not cool. That's a, this is this is a, a long thread that's going on too that people are fairly unhappy about this. It's got to be the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it lacks all sense and just awareness of your player base. It's true though. Like, I mean, any MMO... You have to take into consideration that people are going to have alts 
okay? If you start charging people per our alt, guess what? You are screwing your customers now because- You turn into Final Fantasy. <laughs> Final Fantasy charges you an extra dollar a month per alt. Yeah. And that's wrong. There's a happy medium here that people, you guys can do. This is not it. When you start charging per alt, something like this, you are screwing your fan base. Now with that, we are actually gonna take a short break, refill our drinks, and we will be right back. This is Deckard Kane, and you're listening to For The Law. And we are back. So what we're going to talk on first is Dragon Age 2, because there's not that much to talk about, but goddamn, does it ever look pretty. We got some screenshots that came out for it, which I'm actually showing for a live audience right now, which look freaking awesome. I love it. I think it looks great. Um, and they also were talking about the new changes in terms of gameplay. I'm going to let you tackle that one. Yeah, well, they've talked about a lot of the ways that they are changing the gameplay for Dragon Age 2. And again, just like we see with the changes to the story mechanic with only having you know one character instead of creating your own, they're bringing a lot of elements from the Mass Effect series into Dragon Age 2. Most notably is the conversation wheel. Gone is the full dialogue tree where you get to see your entire sentence and it's replaced by the traditional Mass Effect wheel that we're also seeing in Star Wars The Old Republic. And now they are putting a little twist in there because they said, in addition to, instead of knowing that, okay, you choose the top, it's the good answer, you choose the bottom, it's the bad answer, you're going to see the tone of your responses in the wheel, which I think is pretty cool because there have been a lot of times in Dragon Age where I picked an answer that I thought was, oh, okay, this is this has got to be a good way to take the conversation. And the person I was talking to just practically slapped me in the face. Ah, oh, shit, I pissed off Liliana again. Time to reload the save. So it, it that change I don't have as much of an issue with as some of the others. What do you think? It's okay. Yeah, we'll we'll go into the other ones um, afterwards. That there, I think what they're doing is they're 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 really simplifying it in terms of yes, you're you're going to know exactly what it is that you're insinuating kind of thing so i don't have a problem with that because basically it's it's kind of been a um although i found it more so with mass effect that it was kind of hit or miss sometimes i didn't have that much of a problem with dragon age granted my two playthroughs were one very very good and one very very bad so it's kind of easy to find those options um I found that with Mass Effect, it was much grayer in terms of the tone. Again, you're going to be you're going to be using this kind of attitude with the, the in terms of your replies, and then whatever comes out comes out. So I don't know. I to me, it's I don't I don't see it as a bad thing for sure. I think that if they are they're they're going to be making it very clear in terms of what emotion it is that you're going to be conveying through your your. Your, your your response that it's it's the other stuff that i found for <laughs> interesting go ahead yeah uh they also mentioned that your choices from the first game are to carry owner in the second which we anticipated which but is the awesome big change is the combat now pc users don't worry they've said that the strategic combat play style is going to remain intact on the pc but for people like me who played it on a console 
time to get a little worried. <laughs> they, I, I will admit that the Dragon Age combat did not translate well over to the consoles with freaking radial menus and you couldn't position your, your characters as well as you could. You didn't have the top down view and they had to actually make some of the fights easier just because you, you couldn't do it on the console. So there, there's definitely room to improve. However, the way they phrased it, they say that they want to create a gameplay system that plays to the strength of a control pad. <laughs> I'm very worried. <laughs> I don't know if that means simple squad commands set to, you know, the the D-pad or if they're taking it in a much more action route. Just like we saw in Mass Effect, they took a lot of the RPG elements out of the first Mass Effect to streamline it and make it a more wholesome experience, especially on the 360, at least from my experience. So if they're trying to create two different versions of the game, one old school for the PC and one Mass Effect-ish for the console, I'm very apprehensive about that. Well, I'm surprised that they're actually doing something different for both. I mean, really, have we seen that many instances of that where it's a completely different gameplay for PC versus console? I... I None of them are coming to mind for me. And yet here you're going to have something completely different. I mean, if you're looking at it, let's just say that they're going to incorporate a Mass Effect 2 style of gameplay and leave the PC version as the Dragon Age Origins style of play. Those are insanely different. Now, while I can appreciate that you have limitations based on console, and while I can appreciate that this will make it so that you're getting a, a very different playing experience, regardless which one you're, you're, you're playing, that's like you're really creating a rift in, term, in terms of what the game means to everyone because it's going to mean something very, very different to the people who are playing on console versus on the computer. Now, I'm very happy that they're keeping the computer one the way it is, because, again, like I said before, I like that Origins is still firmly rooted in those old RPGs, that old RPG style. I like that. And it was updated just enough to make it feel modern and yet still kind of old school. And I like that Mass Effect has the feel that it has. And I'm hoping that, as I said, that, you know, the Old Republic will have its own feel. I like that the three IPs that they're putting out have a, a way different gameplay experience. That That's awesome. And so to dumb, I shouldn't say dumb down, to change the gameplay experience for Dragon Age on consoles just to make it so that it's easier because the other one wasn't working. To me, that's not really a solution. Yeah, I mean, it, especially... If it's a drastic change, like the changes from Mass Effect 1 to Mass Effect 2, the core gameplay was still the same. They just streamlined certain elements of it, some elements perhaps too much, but that's its own discussion. But there's not really any way they can streamline the Dragon Age experience from the console. It, it I don't see how they can do it. So it's one thing to have gameplay evolution from one game to another. It's another thing to completely change the gameplay from one game to its sequel, especially within the same hardware generation. I, I don't think that's something we've ever seen. And again, going back to what you're saying, it's not that it is the entire IP that they're making this leap with. It's only for consoles, which again leads me to believe where it's a cop out just so that they can take the easy route with the console version and basically 
Mass Effected. Yeah, well, and that's another thing. Mass Effect was designed for the Xbox first and then the PC. So it worked on both systems. Dragon Age was designed for PC, and I, they went, uh, yeah, we'll sell a few million copies if we port it over. Because the ports for Dragon Age to consoles were freaking terrible. I, I find it almost impossible to believe that the PS3 version of Dragon Age was better than the 360 version when it was just a PC port. I, It, it was... The console versions were half-assed to begin with, but I was able to accept it because the game itself was so good. Yeah, yeah. And and, and the, the thing is, is that, again, like, I have a lot of faith in them in terms of what they can do. They, yeah, they've screwed up as well, but I still have a lot of faith in what they can do. So I'm quite certain that when this comes out, it, it probably will be awesome. It probably will be a fantastic way to play it, and they'll they'll make it work. But looking at it now, based on what we know and based on having played Origins on consoles and PC and stuff like that, it appears, it seems like, an easy cop-out to change the one that's giving them a hard time instead of actually making it work so that you have a unified gaming experience regardless of what platform you're playing on. And it's, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move on from there. We actually got a video, which I'm going to play for the folks in the audience here. We got a video of what we can expect from GoldenEye, the new GoldenEye that's going to be coming out. Um, they also released a whole bunch of screens to show the comparison between certain scenes that are very similar to what it was on the Nintendo 64 and whatnot. And of course, it's going to look a damn sight better. Um, I don't know. What did you think about the trailer? I I really don't care about this game. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I might probably in the minority here, but I don't care. It's a shooter on the Wii. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. See, for, Go for, for, it. for me, it's because it is GoldenEye, which makes all the difference in the world. Were it not for the fact that it's GoldenEye watching this trailer, I really could give a rat's ass. I, I would not care at all, but because it's GoldenEye, because of that IP, having played it so much, that's what makes it something that you care about. That being said, though, because there are subtle differences and because we can appreciate that, you know, it's not GoldenEye, the 64 edition one that we, we played. It's a new Bond game. At that point, you start thinking, okay, is it really... When you can compare it to all of the other shooter games that are out right now, really, should it be something that you care that much about? And it's true that you, like yourself, you're saying you care less. But me having played it and cared so much about the IP in the original one, to the point where I'd argued their choices of not using Brosnan not that long ago. Um, still, when I look at this, I think, okay, you know what? There are enough changes that... It's not the same game, and I'm finding it harder to get excited about it the more they're actually releasing. I played the hell out of GoldenEye. I love GoldenEye. I don't want to play it again. <laughs> That's my th And while there might be fundamental changes to the game, it might not be the same exact game. If I'm playing a shooter, I'm not playing it on my Wii, bottom line. Fair enough. Okay, let's move away from there, and we're going to talk now about ION. The 2.0 patch is going to be coming out in September, September 10th to be exact. Actually, September 7th in North America and September 10th in Europe. Now, this is the big-ass 
friggin' patch, and it's actually going to be free as well, which at this point really charge for a patch. They, <laughs> they'd be in trouble if they charge for this sucker. I don't know. But well, there's just sorry a to interrupt lot. there for a second. <laughs> they it's calling it a patch is kind of an understatement. It's honestly it's it's practically an expansion. They're adding on vast portions of the game. They're raising the level cap. It it's honestly it's a free expansion. Yeah. And I really have to give them props for that. Yeah, no, no, you're right. The implication that I was making not was not in terms of how much content you're getting in this so much as the fact that they're already having enough of a hard time retaining their player base and to the point where they're merging servers and, and whatnot that to charge for this probably would not have resulted in that many purchases. Um, sure. That being said, as a free patch, looking at how much is being offered in this... I got to tell you, like I said earlier, I am willing to give it a shot. I'm willing to bounce back into it. And I've 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 more than made it clear my opinions on this game and everything that's wrong with it. I am willing to give it another shot when this comes out and give it at least a month to go through everything and to see whether or not they fixed all the issues that were with this. Because we're seeing a huge, huge amount of changes in this 2.0 patch. I'll tell you what, Roger, let's make it a project. If you go through with it, I'll go through with it. And then we can cry on each other's shoulders. Sounds fair. Sounds fair. We just won't involve Joe. We, we won't have to because I know he will definitely not be in it. But I mean, we're looking at some new instances here as well, which though there's not a ton of information, there's enough to make you appreciate the work that went into each one. And there's a number of new instances that they're, they're, they're going to be shoving in there. They are going to be doing their, uh, the, what do they call the windstream things there, where you can get your, uh, yeah, windstreams. You can fly around much more easily and cheaply as well. And then there's going to be a lot of uh, work done in terms of costs for different things. A lot of new uh, monsters, NPCs that are going to be incorporated as well. Again, there's a lot of work that went into this patch. It is absolutely insane. And I got to tell you, man, some of these scenes that they're showing, holy crap in hell. Like, I mean, that game always looked good. But look at this stuff that I've got on the screen here. Wow, that looks insane. It's undoubtedly cool. And yeah, OK, I'll, I will give it a chance. I, I'll, I'll tell you what. With trepidation. When, <laughs> yes. When we get this little side project handled... I'll start up an account then. Well, restart my account then so that I'm not just going in fresh with the 2.0. I can maybe give it a point of reference. But one thing that, that I got to point out is with the wind streams, they're awesome. I love the concept. Unless I'm mistaken, they're only in the new zones. I would have loved to have seen them add some of those into the older zones. That would have that would have put aside a lot of the issues we had with the game if they added those into the older zones. Actually, hold on. I'm looking at it right now. To the Yebler region. Yeah, no, it looks like you're right. Hey, I got uh, one. Yeah, it looks like it. Well, regardless, I mean, it, yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, there's still a lot that needs to be done for this game without a doubt even having read through all of this which i did okay folks there's still a lot that would have to be done however i keep looking at it in terms of okay my issues were with this this is what they did to alleviate some of that or point blank get rid of it 
Is it enough for me to want to play the game as now? Because the thing is, is that it's never going to be something that's perfect for you. No MMO is going to be something that's perfect for you, that every single thing is perfect about it. That just does not exist. And so I'm looking at Ion and looking at everything that I had an issue with, what they did to address those issues, and whether or not now, or I should say in September, it'll be something that's more fun than to play. And yeah, I got to say, Malagash raises a great point. The crafting is still going to Oh, suck. yeah, yeah. And see, I, <laughs> I crafted the hell out of my character and Ion, and that's probably the thing that drove me away from the game more than anything else. I had leveled my handicrafting up pretty damn far. Whenever I got to a level, I always had a new weapon waiting for me. You know, I always had gear waiting for me. And the last day I played the game, I was watching a football game on TV. And I spent the entire football game just <laughs> gathering freaking aether crystals. I was like, why, why am I paying to do this? And that was the last time I played the game. So if I do go through with this and create a new character, I'm not crafting. And I'm see, just going to skip it. That's partially why I have less of a problem with a lot of games. And yes, I do miss out on certain aspects of the game by not crafting, but I also don't get that level of frustration. I did some crafting in Ion early on, and when I began to see what it was going to be, and I began to hear what it was going to be, I stopped. And so that was not a frustration. Which, and it is. Now, some people will say, yes, but you have to craft to get the Uber items and all that. And I'll agree that in some cases, yes, you do. In order to be able to compete or to do very well or to be the top in your class kind of thing, yes, you would. But again, I'm so far beyond caring whether or not I'm the best at my class that I don't care. I'll use whatever I find, whatever I win, whatever I whatever drops kind of thing or I can buy and I don't want to craft. So that really, it, it alleviates a lot of the stress that's in most games right now. Yeah, when I think of the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Kina I invested into my handicrafting, I kind of have to wonder just how much some of that stuff would have cost me on the auction house instead. Exactly, exactly. So, and that's the thing that I do with WoW as well. With WoW, I, I'm beyond the point now where I care about doing um, production profession, professions, um, with the exception of engineering, just because it's fun. But for the most part, I don't, because those instances where I would need something that's high level or whatever, I can just instead, because I've got gathering professions, buy those few specific things that I need. And some, yes, are bind on pickup, so you can't do that. But for the most part, none of that matters. And the same with this game. Those few items that you actually would need, screw it. Just just gather and sell and then just buy anyways because it's not worth it. And so a lot of the hassle of playing a game and dealing with that, you don't have to deal with that. So anyways, it will be interesting. It's going to be something that, again, I, I haven't decided 100%, although now that you're saying you'd like to, I'm thinking, yeah, that'd be fun then. Um, and if we make it something we're in, we... Our classes complement each other just to go out, have a little fun for a while, and then bounce out. It could, in fact, be a fun game to play. So we'll see when the, the patch comes out. So moving on from there, we got an announcement of Mega Man Universe coming out. Now, did you watch this trailer? 
this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. In my life. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna play the trailer for the folks in the audience. So far, audio kind of cuts out here and there. That that's why. Um, but this this announcement came through for Mega Man Universe, but it's like you're not just doing Mega Man. It's like actually doing crossover stuff as well. I'll actually I'm actually trying to get this and to work. I'll let you go explain it. Now, I don't want to ruin too much because it was a cool review in the reveal on the trailer. I'm kind of wishing I'd watched the trailer before I read the article. But yeah, you're, you're, we're seeing some crossovers with other Capcom franchises. There's crossovers that we know for a fact with Street Fighter and Ghosts and Goblins. And if you look at the trailer carefully, you see perhaps Darkstalkers, perhaps Bionic Commando. And <laughs> as much as I love Mega Man, I'll admit I didn't play any of the last several Mega Man games, even the 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 old school remakes like Mega Man Nine, because those games are fucking hard. <laughs> I don't have this. I don't have the same skills I did when I was nine years old. I can't play those anymore. <laughs> but I thought it was great that they they and I hope he's in the game. The homage to the original Mega Man box art that they had. <laughs> yeah, because as an old school gamer, that is the absolute worst box art in the history of gaming. <laughs> look at this little guy. It's, it's he's just awesome. I think this is freaking cool. And I and it's something that it's it's almost like a reboot kind of thing of of the IP. Let's just instead toss in a a bunch of crossovers and you can mix and match the crossover kind of stuff. I think that's phenomenal. And I think that it needs something like this because wait, wait for it. We <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> <Hadouken>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I think it's great because see I didn't play the new um the new ones that came out either simply because they were far too similar to the originals and as much as I like old school gaming you know what we've progressed past that. So yes, every once in a while I like to bounce in and play the originals or whatever, but I like to play the originals, not something that's new that tries to pretend like it's the same style as the originals. So I I want something where they 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 work on a new version of it, make it something that's cool, but still something that old schoolers can relate to. And that really is what this appears to be. Yeah, that's why Mega Man 9 was such a hit, because as many different ways as they've tried to do Mega Man over the years, they've all sucked. <laughs> so if they could pull this one off well, and it's great. Capcom is finally starting to realize that they have this wonderful stable of characters they've created over the last 30 years. And while a lot of their reboots haven't quite worked, like the last Bionic Commando game, they're finding great ways to still incorporate these characters. Tatsunoko versus Capcom, huge hit. Marvel versus Capcom 3 coming up next year is going to be gigantic just because of all these characters that haven't been seen in ages are finally going to be in a game again. So I can't wait to see what we're going to find in this game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, last thing that we were going to touch on, just a little article that I found, which I thought was very funny because like when, when um, Lichkin came out, if you watched any of the extras, you found out how the phasing for Lich King was an accident and it was a mistake that they, they and things like that. And then they, they built on it. And it was funny to read how Arkham Asylum, though it wasn't a mistake, they thought it was a mistake to use the detective mode as much as they did in the game. And they found out how a lot of people were using the detective mode almost exclusively to go through the game. Did you actually play any of Arkham Asylum? 
I have not played Arkham Asylum yet. That's actually one of those games that I'm waiting until I get my PS3 to play just because. <laughs> but yeah, whenever, whenever I've read about the game and they're talking about the detective mode, I'm even somebody who's never played the game. I was like, wow. It was that's awesome. Totally, that's totally overpowered, though. <laughs> yeah, but it was awesome. That's the thing. See, I played it on the PC, and what I thought was that, yes, it's very powerful, but it was it was so cool. So, yes, there are aspects that you're not seeing of the renders and everything else of the characters and whatnot, um, but it was it's so goddamn cool and innovative, something that you hadn't seen yet in other games, or at least to this degree, that it was was awesome. I loved it. So now that the, the, they're saying it was a mistake, I'm really worried about Arkham Asylum 2 because I don't want them to take it away. I didn't use it all the time. I actually switched back and forth a lot so that I could appreciate the um, the art style in the game because it is absolutely incredible. But the detective vision was just it, it, again, it, it immersed you in the character in a way that you wouldn't think possible because He's all about the gadgets. He's all about that kind of stuff. So it, it fit that he would be able to have this as part of his cowl. And so then when you're playing and you're switching to detective mode, you're not taken out of the story. You're not bounced out by a, a cheesy mechanic. Instead, you feel even more Batman-ish, for lack of a better term. You know what I mean? So I thought it was fantastic. I thought, and 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 in and of itself was goddamn cool looking in terms of art style freaking cool like i mean awesome it just was something that i would be very disappointed if it wasn't in two as much as it is in the first one well from what i've seen of it yeah it's an amazing concept and i i just like i said i haven't played the game this is all on what i've read and what i've seen as a gameplay mechanic i think it would have been more effective if they had perhaps found some way to at least limit it so that you didn't have the people just going through the game with it on constantly and playing on easy mode, honestly. I got to tell you, though, based on a lot of the other stuff that's in the game, it really doesn't make the game easy mode. It certainly does make certain things easier, but the way that I felt was that it was part of you needed it in order to determine what it was at your next action, what you were going to do next. So it wasn't, I didn't think of it as turn this on for easy mode rather i looked at it as turn it on to figure out what it is that you need to do next which is again i didn't play through it with it on all the time but and maybe it's a difficulty level or, or or whatever but i was so immersed in the game that i saw it as just some another utility for him to use and as such a very powerful one but a goddamn cool one yeah like it, i think if they could keep the concept and just find a different way to implement it in Arkham Asylum 2. Like like they said, an augmented reality system, whatever that means. But have the, the detective mode effects blend in with the actual game engine without completely reskinning everything. I think that would be a more effective way to go about it. Well, we'll see. Uh, with that, we're going to wrap it up for this evening. Today, Valve put out the free game that they'd been working on that they got. Uh, they paid some some modders in the community to make. They'd been working on it for a while now. It's called Alien Swarm. If you haven't picked it up for PC yet, you're going to want to hop onto Steam and pick it up. It's called, like I said, Alien Swarm. And my son is actually playing it as I record this and keeps telling me how awesome it is. So it's a game <laughs> that I'm going to be playing with him. It's free. 
free. That's the thing. The game is free as is the SDK. So you can mess around with it if you want to play it. It's online multiplayer. So it'd be great if we can get a whole bunch of listeners playing this game as well. You can add me to your friends list. And uh, I'm listed as bow down to Buddha, two being a two. And, uh, and then we can play. I would love to basically be hunting aliens with y'all so with that we're going to call it a wrap we will see you next week hopefully joe will be back by then and it will be same as usual on monday 6 45 p.m take care folks what's up gonzo hello i'm thorio <laughs> I was looking for that picture and I can't find it. I made the damn thing and I can't even find it. <laughs> oh, that was that's one of the funniest things I've ever experienced in my Dude, life. I was laughing so hard I literally had tears in my eyes. Now granted I hadn't slept well for days. It's so <laughs> part of that. But I had tears in my eyes, even though like, again, I made the damn picture <laughs> and, and every time I looked at it I couldn't stop laughing. So yeah, that made me brought up when you brought out the little girl from Adventures and Babysitting. Yes. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, not much of a hero anymore. <laughs> I'm still disturbed by the fact that Joe has those images readily available. It's hilarious watching your interactions on Twitter when you're like talking to, you know, well known and official people and you got fucking super gonzo. <laughs> Like they were taking me seriously before. <laughs> Please. <laughs> it's just, just another notch of credibility off your belt. Yeah, I know. That's right. I make them up. As if hanging out with me wasn't bad enough. But yes, cat versus Thor, essentially, that's what it is. This is about that fucking cat, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> Joe was with me on AIM when I was going back and forth. <laughs> with you when I just kept finding stuff and I'm putting it on putting it on and when you came up with the this is gonna be a thing isn't it I swear <laughs> to god again I had tears in my eyes I was laughing so hard so yeah <laughs> yeah I, I wasn't getting any work done I was just sitting there in the back of the store <laughs> with my phone out except when I throw a last minute article up it's not nine pages long that it was once alright you didn't even have to read the whole damn thing you like the wine don't you but then I went and looked at Big Red Kitty's freaking site, and I was looking at all the <laughs> videos for the hunters, and it was like, ah, oh, you bastard. I'd, I'd make him a t-shirt with a screenshot saying, wish you were here, and send it to him. <laughs> with you as a papori lancer. Yes. And apparently Tart's listening. Hello, Tart. And yes, I agree. We all think Joe's a bastard. Yeah, Malagash, it's the return of everybody's favorite Raj and Sammy show. Oh, Hoog's angry. His girlfriend's not here. If I learned how to spell. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, absent doesn't have a C in it. Shut up, dude. <laughs> but if they got rid of a whole whack load of those, the game might be fun. The Raj and Sammy show never disappoints. God damn. That was even better than if Joe had been here. Because he would have just talked and interrupted us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait. We're talking about Ion. Everybody be quiet for a oh, minute. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, can, while he complains about the thing he absolutely hated about level four. 
Oh! <laughs> I mean, I, I was right there with him, but you know, nobody reads my fucking website, so <laughs> I didn't have anything to lose. <laughs> but here's the thing. I got to level 10, and I started asking in general chat, okay, when do I get my pet? <laughs> <laughs> and they were like you're not playing wow and i'm going i know Dude. that and oh yeah man i got insulted to no end and i was like dude it's an nc soft game like i i thought i was gonna get a pet it's a hunter class pet or class and they were like no 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 didn't you ever play um guild wars and i was like dude ranger and guild wars gets a freaking pet <laughs> like where's mine so well, yeah i found out you don't get one <laughs> Simply because I'm going to be adding probably even oh, more no. to it. Um, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. <laughs> and I slept for like three hours in the afternoon. I'm like an old man. I slept in the afternoon. You're not like an old yeah, man. Shut up. You got white hairs too. <laughs> oh, there, there was like so I, I was just in the bathroom washing my hands. I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh, there's a gray hair there. I go to grab it, and it was like this fucking colony had just sprung up around it. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> no, I'm not even 30 yet. Stop that. <laughs> Take that, bitch. 